Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer, a podcast series where our experts discuss the latest market developments and put the headlines in perspective to set you up for the coming day. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. My name is Olivier Maris. I'm an investment writer at Julius Baer in Zurich, and I'm pleased to be joined today by my colleagues Roman Canciani, Head of Investment Writing, who'll update us on the market news, and Marcus Wachter from the Technical Analysis Team for a technical update. It will be followed by David Cole, our Chief Economist, to talk to us about the US and Eurozone GDP figures out late last week. So with that, let's get started. I'll hand it over to you first, Roman, for the markets wrap, please. Well, thank you very much and good morning, everybody. Uh, before I start with the usual markets wrap, here is an astonishing observation I found on Bloomberg this morning. Since the day Russia attacked Ukraine, European stocks are about the only global region showing a positive return. The stock 600 has seen a total return of about 2% compared to around minus 5% for the MSCI world, minus 3% for the S&P 500, minus 9% for Asia's benchmark and minus 12% for emerging markets overall. This is rather surprising considering the impact of war on Europe that would likely suffer most, not least because of the increasing likelihood of Russian energy cutoff. Speaking about energy and coming back to what has been happening in the markets just recently, the price of oil has sunk to the lowest close in more than five months over the past days. A barrel of Brent is changing hands below the 100 US dollar threshold this morning as traders are counting down to a midweek OPEC plus meeting on supply. In yesterday's trading action in the US, the S&P 500 closed a lackluster and low volume day, about 0.3% lower, as the July rally failed to carry on into the first trading day in August. Outperforming sectors were consumer staples and consumer discretionary, both up by more than 0.5%. Underperformers were energy due to the falling oil price, financials and real estate. The US dollar has continued its decline for the fourth day in a row, versus its major peers, with the Bloomberg dollar spot index ending the day down 0.3%. The yen continued its recent rise and is trading at just above 130 versus the US dollar this morning, after printing levels above 138 just a few days ago. US Treasury yields have been falling like a stone over the past days, with the 10-year now trading at 255, on data suggesting factory output is shrinking in key economies just as input prices moderate. The latest moving treasuries, the yen, the Swiss franc and gold, may also be seen in the context of the market seeking refuge uh, in so-called haven trades. They're all up on the news that US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi indeed visits Taiwan today, which could spur some harsh reaction by the Chinese government, which considers Taiwan as part of its own territory. Meanwhile, Ukraine laid out plans to cautiously ramp up grain exports after the first shipment since Russia's invasion was hailed as an encouraging early step toward unblocking millions of tons of crops and easing global food prices. The country says that exports could increase to as much as 3 million tons per month in four to six weeks' time. In overnight news, the Australian Central Bank has lifted its rates by 0.5%, but the softer tone in its communication has weakened the US Australian dollar versus its peers. And Japan has announced to lift its minimum wage by the most on record, which is a boost for low-income households as they try to cope with the increasing cost of living. 
markets uh, fell across the board in Asia, with the MSCI Asia sliding the most in three weeks, reacting to the rising tensions around Taiwan. Looking ahead to today, there's still a lot of corporate reporting going on with BP, Directline and Simrise, the major names today. In addition, we'll hear from Chicago Fed President Charles Evans and St. Louis Fed President James Bullard about their views on the US interest rate outlook. And finally, we also have Spanish unemployment figures and UK house prices. Markets are in for a breather this morning. The futures board says uh, that we will be trading about 0.5% in the red to start with. US futures are also down for the time being. That's it from me. Back to you, Olivier. Thank you very much, Roman. And now over to you, Marcus. What is your take on the latest market action from a technical point of view? Thank you. From a technical point of view, we have seen uh, last week a strong recovery on the S&P 500 index. We have been trading above 4,000 and we just fell short to break uh, the resistance that has been forming uh, last month with these highs at around 4,180, 4,200. So there is, uh, we will need to see how this uh, goes on. A uh, very interesting point on the US 10-year yield. It broke through a major support and uh, we downgraded it. Uh, so the US 10-year yield broke through the neckline at 275. Uh, this is a head and shoulders formation with the shoulders forming from the highs of the 6th of May and the 20th of July and the high being in the middle of uh, June the 15th. Um, this uh, could even lead to a further downside from, from there as a major support was broken there. And uh, then we also saw um, Brent crude oil trading up to uh, nearly 100 to 110, um, but could not hold the level and last um, in the last session uh, broke down and is now maybe testing the support at uh, 100, now trading at 104 level. So that's all from my side. Thank you. Thank you very much, Marcus. Now, GDP figures came out late last week of both the Eurozone and the US. David is on the show to tell us more about it and what it means for the respective economies. Yes, good morning. Uh, so GDP, uh, that's like the backwards looking uh, component of uh, the economic dynamics. And um, what we have seen last week was uh, a huge uh, disappointment coming from the US. Uh, GDP not only declined, but it declined also second times in a row. Technically, we can talk now about uh, a recession in the US. However, at the same time, there is uh, lots of uh, special factors which have uh, driven uh, GDP into negative. Uh, in the first quarter, it was the, the net export component. So lots of imports came in the US. Uh, in the second quarter, it was uh, the clearing of inventories. Uh, so there had been a huge buildup of inventories in the US uh, given the post-pandemic boom last year and the clearing is a negative component for, for GDP numbers. Besides these special factors, uh, we observe, however, that the economic growth is slowing. We wouldn't go so far to call it a recession uh, simply because of these technical factors. Nevertheless, underlying, uh, yes, the GDP economy is slowing. We see quite good chances because of uh, inventories uh, dynamics that in the current quarter, we will see again a positive number on, on GDP numbers. That's for the US. 
so here we see indeed a slowing dynamic uh, in, in GDP numbers, similar what Roman uh, outlined here uh, in the what we see for the forward-looking dynamics in the IS, ISM uh, manufacturing and other economic indicators. In the Eurozone, and that was probably the biggest surprise, uh, we saw more better numbers uh, than expected. So here, de definitely a positive number uh, for the Eurozone GDP number after already positive numbers also in the first uh, quarter. Um, so here, really upside surprise. We don't have the same details uh, for the Eurozone in the first report, in the first estimates of Q2 GDP numbers. Uh, nevertheless, we upgrade our GDP forecast for the Eurozone on the current year, and we downgrade the one for uh, the US to 1.7% and 1.4% uh, in the coming year. So overall, uh, we see that uh, in terms of uh, economics dynamic, we have to acknowledge that the economics dynamics is slowing, and this, uh, keep in mind, even before um, the effect from tighter monetary policy is being felt. So uh, we expect that it will be it will be continue to be a challenging environment for economic growth in the Eurozone uh, in the second half of the year, mostly due to the energy and gas crunch <clears throat> and in the US uh, due to the tightening of monetary policy. These are definitely major headwinds for economic growth going forward. Uh, and we expect here a, a slowdown of economic activity. And many thanks, David. And with that, we conclude today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. Thank you to our speakers and thank you for tuning in. We do hope that you join us again soon. Goodbye for now. You have been listening to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, or our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. The podcast content is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer, a recommendation, or an invitation by or on behalf of Julius Baer to buy or sell any securities, security-based derivatives, or other products, or to participate in any particular trading strategy in any jurisdiction. Julius Baer does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of the podcast content. Please refer to www.juliusbaer.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.